Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's Bashamania! Let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you gonna do when Bashamania runs wild? Oh, it's gonna be a good one. And business just picked up here on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Bash Mania podcast. This is episode 139. The schedule for episodes has been pretty out of whack lately, but we're going to get back on track here starting today with a little weekend special where we catch up with Brandon Slay. Before we dive into a conversation with the Penn RTC head coach and Olympic gold medalist, I want to let you guys know that this episode is brought to you by our friends at Attack. Attack is a training app for competitive athletes that lets you level up with AI. Attack offers custom-built programs for you to reach your goals and guided workouts to execute the plan. Attack features all sorts of cool functionality from their leaderboard and various ways to compete with your friends and foes to awesome technique and training advice from some of the best athletes out there. From Jordan Burroughs to Sarah Hildebrandt and Reese Humphrey, this app is loaded with golden nuggets and knowledge to increase your training and athleticism. The Attack preseason college showdown is also underway, and I hear Trent Hidley is just absolutely killing it. Be sure to follow Attack and Trent and others participating in the college preseason showdown and get an inside look at the app and those training with it. Also get tons of golden nuggets on their Instagram. They share nutrition and training tips, all sorts of good stuff. So follow them. They are attackatac.app on social and it's attackatac in the Apple App Store. Download the app, support Attack. Let's go. Brandon Slay back in the podcast for the first time since March of 2020 and it has been an interesting year and a half first of all how are you i'm doing really well uh i think you and i were just talking this is the uh this is the first time i've ever done a podcast while the texas longhorns were playing or a podcast while college football is going on period same and for you being a texas guy it looks like they might blow this lead once again it might be better that you're not paying attention to it well that's why that's why i'm willing to do the podcast right now because I'm still um, I'm still frustrated and angry with their performance last Saturday against the Sooners. I just don't understand how you can allow a team to score 54 points on you with a true freshman quarterback. And I just I uh, I don't. And the it. number of Texas's back tweets that took place in an hour and they were like being uh, deleted. No, they're not. Just kidding. Yeah, that's wild. But. It's been an interesting year and a half. Let's start recently, I guess. We'll, we'll kind of maybe work our way backwards a little bit. You just got back from a trip to Norway. We were texting during that. You had such a good time. So I want to talk about that first. Our friend Jordan Burroughs, now a five-time world champ, six-time world Olympic champ, just weeks after tearing his calf. He captured senior-level win 200, another world title. What was that trip and experience like for you? As a Christian, I use the term blessed. A lot. And it really was, you know, and, yep. and I use that a lot because it's true, you know, it really was 
it was a blessing. And I think God answered so many prayers, Justin, just prayers on, on Jordan's calf being healed to the point that he could wrestle to his potential. Um, prayers on, you know, Lauren was, was due to have their fourth child on October the 5th and he was supposed to wrestle on October the 3rd, 4th, <laughs> not, you know, we weren't supposed to come back to the sixth. So it was just tricky because he desired for her, you know, to have the baby before we left or clearly <laughs> when we got back. And so, um, thankfully she had banner, you know, their boy two days before we were about to leave. We wow. left on a Monday and September 27th and she had him on Saturday, September 25th. And so that was special too. And, and I know, you know Jordan has a boy, two girls and, and, you know, if you'd asked him, which I did, you know, what do you want another boy or a girl? And he just said he wanted another boy. Cause he had, you know, beacon and two yeah. girls and he'd like the fourth one to be a boy. And so for, uh, for them to have a banner on national daughter's day, have a boy on I national even know daughter's that. day. Oh yeah. So it was just, you know, it just, it just made it, uh, just really exciting. And then clearly God answering prayers just for a safe trip over there for the logistics and all the operations from getting to Oslo, to the hotel, the food, uh, the training situation, team USA, uh, just being locked and loaded to wrestle to their full potential. It was just, uh, it really was, it, it was a, it was a blessed trip to Oslo, Norway. And, you know, I would say too, that now uh, Jordan and I kind of laughed about this. It's, it's like, man, we love Norway now. Like we love Oslo and it's really easy, <laughs> right? When you, when you win your fifth world title for him and sixth gold medal, of course, you're like, man, Norway's awesome. Right. What a great country. So, if, and you know, if you don't run and that's on the flip side, he's like, man, Rio, I can't stand Rio. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, and that's easy. I'm the same way, but I, I become even more petty. Like that's, that's worthwhile. I become petty with places good or bad based on experiences that that's about as good as it gets. And I'm curious for you, you know, I was just talking to Lauren actually about having her and Jordan on the podcast soon together. Cause I've obviously had them both on a couple of times, but I'm, I really want to dive more into, you know, we, we dwell on stuff sometimes for such a little time in the sport, like, Oh, Jordan tore his calf. Wow. He's a great wrestler. And that's it. It's the end of conversation. And I really think stuff like that, like the adversity overcoming stuff is so crucial to really dive into. Cause that's, what's going to help so many people. That's what helps tell us a story. That's what helps other wrestlers overcome. And, and I'm curious to have them on the podcast and get their perspective. I want to get yours too. going back to when he tore his calf, the world team trials, his doctor tells him, you know, listen, this is going to take eight weeks to heal. What's your perspective as a coach? My perspective immediately was that thought that he had a cramp. And when somebody kind of pulls up like that, it's typically like maybe they're cramping. Yeah. But if I would say about 10 seconds after that, I'm thinking, well, why would he be cramping? He didn't cut a lot of weight. He's yeah. wrestled 174. Like I watched him. He, he stayed really hydrated. So it was like, I don't think it's a cramp. And then when he told me he heard something pop, then I knew it wasn't a cramp. So then there was just a, there's, there's a scare there, right? There's a, a, a strong concern. And at that moment, you know, you look at the clock and if I remember right, there's 51 seconds left. I think he was one in four yeah. to one with 51 seconds left. And, and I, had, I did my best to say it in, in a caring, but bold way. It's like, you, you've already won the first match. There's 51 seconds left. You've got the lead. Clearly you win this match. You're on the world team. So in some ways it's like, look, I don't care what you feel right now. We, we got to get up and got to wrestle, give everything we have for 51 seconds. You know, we can talk about it after. Right. 
Um, but that was said, you know, and again, in a caring way, but also honest way to get yep. him to realize like, there's not much time left. You need to be courageous. You know, these, these last 51 seconds and finish this thing strong. And of course he did to the point that, you know, he wins the match, but he couldn't walk off the mat. And I think a lot of people were like, man, he just, he just ran out of there. It's like, well, number one, he didn't run out of there. He, he, he hobbled, there, <laughs> right? He jumped on one leg out of there. And, and normally everybody knows him. If, if, if that would have been the case, he would have accepted his, national champ, you know, world team trophy, like everybody else, he would have probably signed autographs. He would have been really gracious like he normally is. So clearly there was a concern there. And, and that night was, was tough because we soon realized that he couldn't put any weight on his leg. And then, you know, if, if you make the world team in June and the world championships are in September, yep. you have that, that cushion time to, yep. to heal, but you know, pretty quickly you start going through your brain, like October 3rd and 4th, September 20th. <laughs> yeah, we got we got three weeks. We got 20, 21 days to uh, to heal here. And I would say that I'm very, very thankful again. And, you know, you and I, we kind of use this. We use this term just in God's sovereignty. I mean, God's the king yep. that we happen to be in Lincoln, Nebraska, where he'd been for 15 years. And he had such an amazing support system there. And they literally they rolled out the red carpet for him, meaning, you know, the orthopedic surgeon showed up, you know, in less than an hour, his trainer, Tyler Wieda, who'd worked with him, you know, his whole entire career was right there. And so um, I'm just, I'm glad that we were in Lincoln when that happened because they did just a phenomenal job taking care of him. I'm curious from a faith perspective, you know, you and I text sometimes about the impactfulness of prayers being answered, whether it's directly or even for those around you being Jordan's coach. And you saw so many prayers answered, like you said, between travel and circumstances to Jordan being healed and being able to compete. Jordan winning, that's obviously great for Jordan, for you, the, for the PRTC. How much does all that impact your faith as a coach moving forward? It continues to strengthen my faith because I think one of the biggest um, struggles that we have as Christians is that we so easily forget, Justin. Yep. You know, I'll forget that 21 years ago, God answered tons of my prayers, right? And and I had actually, I had a really um, bad um, infection in my forearm um, three weeks before the Olympics in Sydney. And I was in the hospital wow. for five days. And, you know, I had lots of pain. When you have those infections, you don't know how bad they're going to get. So I took five days off the mat, you know, right before about to leave for Sydney. And so there's a lot that goes in that story. But long story short is that there was a lot of prayer that went into the Sydney Olympics and, and God's will be done. And, and two or three years after, you can just forget. Sometimes two or three weeks, two or three months, you can forget how God answered those prayers. So kind of to this particular situation, um, it, it just it strengthens my faith. But I always, always say I, I hope it can strengthen my faith enough that I keep remembering. Yeah, that God was faithful. I keep remembering that He did answer all those prayers, and and He and He blessed um, George's performance, and um, and and it was just a, it was an honor for me to be along for the ride. You know, I've I've known Jordan and worked with him for a decade, and clearly I've had an opportunity to coach him at the Olympic Training Center, been part of a lot of his World Championships and both Olympic Games. But for me to to actually plug in with him those last eight weeks, right, and to create a game plan to study opponents to go into Oslo, and and, and pray for all these things that we're talking about right now. And all those things to come to fruition that they got answered those prayers. It was just really, um, it was really, it was really special. Yeah, it seemed it. And 
you know, it's, it's awesome for you to have your first world champ at the PRTC. I'm curious, again, from a coaching perspective, you know, it's amazing to, to have a veteran like Jordan, but you have so many guys like Joey, like Mark Hall, like McFadden, guys who have the potential to just take off on the world level. What do you take away from the Norway trip and the world championships from a coaching perspective? You know, when you now come back, there's not a lot going on on the senior level for a couple of months. It's that like, it's the off season, I guess, if there ever is one. What do you take away from it from a coaching perspective to now kind of lean into Mark and Joey and David and all those guys? Well, I would say, I would say humbly, one of the biggest things I take away is that I feel like we're, we are not just me, that we are doing the right things. Yep. We're doing the right things in regards to what we're working on. Technically, I think we're doing the right things in regards to just strength um, and conditioning and, and what we have, you know, our guys doing. And I think we're doing the right things in regards to, um, you know, encourage them spiritually, you know, and mentally. And we're doing the right things in regards to building a, a culture and a community yeah. that, I, that I think causes those guys to, um, you know, to, to live out these values we have, which are faith over fear. It's our yep. first value. Number two is to give full effort. The second one is to struggle well. And the last one's to serve others. And so, you know, even, you know, with Jordan, I look at him, he's winning and given, you know, taking a single off and giving it to kid up in the stands, right. And kind of to back it back up, he's serving others as he's competing and he dang sure struggled well yeah. <laughs> with dealing with his calf yeah, and he gave so. full effort in every single match. Uh, and clearly I think he, he went out there. I think he, he handled this world championship making the team and then competing with, with a faith, that destroyed um, fears that were coming in for him. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, as I think Mark Hall, I also think about Mark Hall in regards to Norway and Jordan's whole victory. And I tweeted out, you know, that we've obviously seen now what Jordan looks like training with Mark Hall. We haven't yet seen what Mark Hall looks like training with JB. And I'm curious on your expectations not only for Mark Hall's future, which I think we both know is going to be incredible, but right now the progression that's happening as a coach for you, it's got to be fun watching one of the two guys go out. Jordan wins a world championship and Mark Hall. It's like, maybe it's just for me. I don't know, but I feel like there's so much hype anticipation for him. And I cannot wait to see what he comes back to the mat with, with Jordan as a training partner. Well, the first thing I want to do is just really praise Mark Hall. And I think yeah. Jordan, clearly, he's going to get a lot of praise for what he accomplished, as he should. But I think what a lot of people aren't going to really see and understand is how important Mark was. 100%. Jordan's success. You know, Mark is a training partner as an 86-kilo wrestler. For Jordan to go from 74 kilo up to 79. Yep. To have Mark as this 86-kilo guy to train with, wrestle matches with every single Friday going into the world team trials, knowing that he was going to have to probably wrestle IMR or Derringer right or off, that yeah. Mark was just essential you know, to Jordan's, um, I think, ongoing development, especially at that next weight class up. Because you know Jordan would say, he would say, man, you know, Mark gives me that guy on – I, on Monday, I know we're going to wrestle for, you know, matches on Friday and my heart's already beating on Monday. knowing I'm going to have to wrestle Mark <laughs> in a match. Right. Yep. And I remember one of those matches, um, they wrestled Mark beat him, you know, the first match. And I had three matches planned out. Jordan was supposed to go with two other guys. And right after, uh, Mark beat him, Jordan's like, Hey, Mark, 
we're going again next match. Right. So he reshuffled the order and Mark's like, okay. So, you know, Jordan <laughs> lost to him, but it also showed me that, yeah, he's 32, but those competitive juices, you know, are still flowing and knowing he doesn't yeah. like to lose. And again, Mark being that iron sharpening iron, that piece of iron for him, I think just really was, was huge for Jordan going to the world team trials, but it was also huge just going to the world championships, having him as a training partner uh, and then going over to Oslo. Mark was, I want to just praise him a little bit longer because, you know, Mark, <laughs> they asked him to be a training partner and a lot of people wouldn't have seen this either, but he was going with David Taylor, Jane Cox, Kyle Snyder. One day he went with Nick Wazdowski as a training partner. Mark wow. did. He's wrestling with Jordan, whatever Jordan's asking him to do. He's there. You know, one day he went with Yosef Hamida from yeah. Egypt, right? But he trains at the Michigan RTC and he didn't have a partner that day. So Mark's jumping in and going with Hamida. Just, just how he handled himself. Again, back to that value that we have to serve others. Yeah. Uh, Mark just embraced that. And I was just really, really proud of, of who he was as a man, yeah. as a training partner over in Norway. Yeah. And so now, now that you said that, which I, I agree with all of it, what do you think about his future, his expectation from a competition standpoint? Well, so I do think he needs to get a little bit bigger. Um, when I, I don't think he needs to get a lot bigger. I mean, the guy weighs about 195. The weight class is 189.2, right? He doesn't need to weigh 210. Right. But I think, you know, I think if we can get him up to about 200 where he's just strong, fast where he doesn't use it, lose his speed. Cause sometimes you put weight on guys and they, and they lose their speed. Yeah. Right. They, they, they're not as elusive. Their technique isn't as good because they put too much size on. So yep. I think for Mark, just getting a little bit bigger and then the challenge for us right now, right. As you know, so well, I mean, you're, you're tweeting out the schedule before most people are, you know, that we don't have a lot of options right now. I mean, there's just not, I can't say, Oh yeah, we got this tournament coming up, Justin. Then we got this tournament. Then we got this going, we got this match. I mean, pretty much, you know, October, November, December, there's not much going on. January is unknown. We know that we have this dual meet, yeah. right, against Iran in February. But besides that, there's just a lot of unknowns as far as competition. So I think as a coach, what I'm going to try to do is, is see if we could put together some type of a, a Rockfin card or, or a streaming match, whether it's with FCA Wrestling or the yeah. PRTC puts on the Summit 3 or talking to maybe – you know, Kale at the Ninian Wrestling Club and see if they're going to put something on, but trying to find um, some opportunities for Mark to compete because I think you know, that competition is really important for him. But we know the last time he did compete, a lot of people, I think they didn't know this, but, you know, Mark, that U.S. Open he wrestled in, that was the very first time he ever wrestled in his senior U.S. Open. And he yeah. won, right? So, um, and, and he beat, you know, Hidley in the finals who won that RTC card at 86 Kilo beat a bunch of good guys. So yeah. I think Mark was kind of like coach, but still, I mean, Trent, he's, he's a college wrestler. And I don't think Mark was that excited about it. And I had to remind him, I said, Mark, Trent beat Drew Foster who beat you the last time he wrestled and Trent won the RTC card at 86 Kilo beat some great guys. So that is a worthy opponent. Not that Trent, not that Mark was saying he wasn't worthy. No, I, get I think, yep. I think for Mark to win that U S open, um, I just think he initially, he wasn't as excited as I thought he should be. And I think after I explained things to him, there was a big smile on his face and, and he's, he's, he's in a great place right now. Yeah. And I'm curious, you, know, you bring up the LWC and that was something else I thought about was, you know, you look at a program like Penn state and Penn state kind of took a route. You see kind of often in wrestling, they have a lot of success at the NCAA level. Those, some of those guys stick around, have success. And now you're seeing, NLWC have success on the world stage. It almost seems like the PRTC is doing that in reverse a little bit. 
Like now you have Jordan, who's a veteran, a world champion PRTC. And now it's like you're going to start seeing trickle-down success to the other guys. Does that seem I, accurate? Yeah, I think that's accurate, but I think that's just where um, the college teams are at as well. I think yep. Penn State was able to do that because they were clearly doing so well as a college team. Yep. Right. And when these guys are graduating from Penn State, they're naturally able to, to progress and wrestle for the Nittany Line Wrestling Club. You know, out of yep. respect for Penn Wrestling, Drexel, right? I'm an alumni of Penn and clearly really involved with Drexel's program as well. Those two programs, they're they're not, you know, where Penn State is or has been yet. Yep. So we've had to do things a little different as a what we call a Philly wrestling ecosystem. You know, yep. for us, it was making sure we had the right coaches in place from the RTC side, the college wrestling side, do we get the right senior level athletes? And then we believe once we do that, that's going to help recruiting of both programs. It's going to help sharpen the college wrestlers of both programs. And then ultimately, I think, you know, Penn and Drexel will, will start, you'll start seeing them on a positive trajectory of success. And then the plan is every single guy we have in the PRTC right now is, is not from Penn or Drexel. Yeah right? They're from Nebraska and Ohio state and yep. Virginia tech and Minnesota, right. And Penn state, but down the road, it would be wonderful. And the plan is, is that, that we would have pin wrestlers and Drexel wrestlers naturally progress and wrestle on the senior level for the PRTC. So that's the, you know, that's the hope. And as the Penn RTC head coach right now, you know, as we just kind of talked about, I tweeted out earlier today that there's nothing till February. Cause I was looking at the schedules and I'm thinking like, even if something pops up like a Bill Farrell or anything else, which is not on the, on the radar yet, there's nothing really in the senior level as an RTC head coach. Do you just kind of focus on offseason development? Do you focus at all in the college season? Like what's your perspective moving forward? Well, I once as an RTC coach, I don't really focus on the college season. Yeah. Um, I mean, clearly we're going to be in their training and our senior level yeah. guys are going to sharpen the college guys but we're not making decisions for us yeah. based on the college season. Um, you know, we're going to make decisions based on what's best for these guys. And again, it's unknown. So I think we're going to have to be creative and create some things. <laughs> we're going to have to yeah. create some matches or, you know, we may need to, <clears throat> I got some information from coaches over in Oslo, like the head coach of Georgia, right. Head coach of Mon Mongolia, head coach of Kazakhstan, thinking about, you know, we may need to take a trip um, and do some international training. You know, yeah. some teams overseas if if for some reason we don't have and Russell, you know, matches against them when we're over there, like Friday matches against them. Yeah. That if we don't have the tournaments to choose from here domestically or even internationally, then we need to be creative and still and still continue to progress. Because I mean, I, I think you use the term the Bill Farrell, like we know that you, you can't really put that in Manhattan right now because yeah, to, to go wrestle in that you would have to be vaccinated. Yep. So that tournament's not going to happen right yep. in New York. So you'd have to have that, I guess, over New Jersey or, you know, some other location you could have it if it was outside of New York, um, outside of Manhattan. So I, I don't see that happening. Um, yep. I, I haven't heard of talking to any other tournaments. So again, we're going to have to, we have to create some opportunities. Yeah. You know, I want to go back to the world championships for a minute. Cause I just thought about something else. I tweeted out during the world championships that, we have a great group of role models right now on our mm -hmm. national team. And when you look at those guys, like I was so impressed. I, I know these guys personally, and I know how disappointed they get. When you look at David Taylor losing to Yazdani or Schneider losing to Sedulayev, mm. I know these guys well. I know how, how much they train and fight for this. 
and they're very humble in both victory and defeat. And I'm curious on your perspective, being there firsthand and watching it, like we didn't see any temper tantrums. We didn't see anybody doing anything when they lost, but accepting defeat. Did you notice that while you were there? So I for sure noticed it. And I noticed it from perspective of spending time with those guys over there and seeing them every day. Yeah. I think what a lot of people don't see is a lots of those guys you mentioned, you know, we had uh, two different Bible studies over there, Jose Campo, the FCA wrestling, you know, yeah. two different times. He got a big group of us together and, and taught us about um, just prayer. And, you know, there's, there's a bunch of people that show up to those things, right? Yeah. So Kyle Snyder's showing up, Casey Cunningham's showing up, Derek Fix and Dayton Fix. They're showing up, Jaden Cox, Jordan Burroughs, Mark Hall, Bill Zaddick, Joe Russell, um, yeah. um, Kevin Jackson. And so we're sitting down at a table, Team USA, at the World Championships, and a couple different times, like all those guys and others, you know, sit down and, and pray for each other and encourage each other. And that really speaks to when you talk about role models and character that these guys, they really do, they live what they say. And I would, if you'd say, well, how come, why is that, why is that the case? And it's leadership. Those guys that you mentioned before, I feel like the guys from the Nittany line wrestling club, the leaders they have with Kale and Casey and Cody, right. They live their life that way. So, you know, David Taylor and Kyle Snyder, you know, those wrestlers and Thomas Gilman, you just seen him mature. Right. Yeah. I'm not okay. going to talk about anything necessarily from the past for him. I would just say presently, yeah. he's just really a class act and he's yeah. handled himself with, uh, you know, with a lot of faith and character. And so the, the leadership of, of those programs um, reveals the leadership and the wrestlers that they coach. And again, that's just, that's, that's why leadership matters. Um, community culture matters. And if you're with the right leader and you're in the right community and the right culture, then I think that it, it bodes well for you uh, in regards to, you know, who you are as a man and how you compete through victory or defeat. Yeah. And, you know, as I was preparing for this podcast and this conversation, I was thinking about leadership and I, I watched a video that I'd already seen that you put out the heart of leadership, which is on the Penn RTC's website and YouTube. It's great for those listening. Go, go watch that. It's a 15 minute video on leadership. It's fantastic. It got me thinking about Jordan and, you know, when you look at him and you bring somebody like him into the room, you've got guys like Joey, Mark McFadden that are early to mid twenties. Then here you have Jordan who last week celebrated his eighth wedding anniversary. Two weeks ago, I had his fourth kid and, you know, I know Jordan very well. We've been at each other's weddings. He's a good friend of mine. I love that family. He's the guy you want in a program like that. Have you seen the younger guys take that role of like looking up to him and him kind of, you know, he's very much focused on competing. He doesn't necessarily take that coaching role, but I got to imagine a guy like that in the room is that natural leader that expounds in the community, the culture naturally just by being there. He, he totally has done it naturally. Not one time have I ever said, Hey Jordan, after practice today, would you get the guys together and talk to them? Yeah. Hey Jordan, after, after you get done with your match, could you lead them through some stance and motion? Right. Yeah. I've never had to say that one time and organically, naturally at the end of practice, he'll kind of look at me and go, Hey, are we done with our partner? I'll be like, yeah. And all of a sudden he'll, he'll be like, guys, you know, stance and motion. He'll start leading them through it. <laughs> and at the end of it, he'll bring them all in and he'll start talking to them like a yeah. coach. But again, he'll always ask me respectfully. He'll say, like, is our portion done? Yeah. Right. Which again, just shows me a lot of class on his part. And I'm like, yeah, we're done. And then, then he'll take over 
kind of being that um, player coach for a lot of guys, but that ends up impacting the college wrestlers. And you see a lot of these guys immediately clearly like, why would you not look up to him? But you look up to him even more when you see how he handles himself in the wrestling room, um, in the locker room, right? He's memorizing people's names. He's getting to know them. He brings beacon and aura to a lot of, you know, practices at times, especially, you know, when we have Friday matches or something like they'll come in and they're part of our, our community now. And Mark Hall and Jordan Burrow I mean, and, uh, and Joey, they're playing basketball with Beacon and Aura just in the room. And it's just, again, I think we're trying to create that, that family yep. culture. And we're just, again, we're serving each other. We're, we're loving each other, treating each other the way that we, we want to be treated. And I think a lot of the younger guys, they, they see that, you know, in him and it's been, and it's been really special. Yeah. And, you know, we kind of said that like the world championships is typically the end of the season. This is now the off season. You know, hopefully we see some Rockman cards. I know guys are going to be training, but from a coach, from a perspective for, you know, for Philly wrestling fans, other fans listening, what are you most excited for next? Now you kind of check this box, right? You have a world champ. You had a successful season. What are you most excited for next? If you had to pick something. Yeah, well, just the next thing I'm I'm working on that I'm excited about is that we're having our it's called the evening of celebration. Okay. So November the 20th, we're going to have it at the Study Hotel in University City in Philadelphia. And since I took this job in 2016, we have we have not had one event. The PRTC, wow. we haven't had a function, right? We haven't I'm surprised done a Kevin has an organized one cuz well, Kevin is Philly wrestling. <laughs> yeah, well, Kevin now he's on board. He's helping me organize this. So, you know, we haven't had a golf tournament. We had to have, you know, any type of event. And so it's time. Yeah. And so we're going to have this on November 20th on that Saturday evening. It's the night before the Keystone Classic. So okay. we kind of bundled it with a wrestling yep. weekend. And we're just calling it the evening of celebration. You may say, well, what does that mean? That sounds kind of vague. Well, what that means is we're going to celebrate our organization that it was founded you know, at the end of 2014 and just all the things that's taken place, right? We're going to celebrate BJ Fatrell, our first national team member, Richard Perry, our second national team member, right? We're going to celebrate Joey McKenna, our first Olympic, you know, trials finalist. We're going to celebrate Joey being our first Pan Am champ. We're going to celebrate Jordan Wright making the world team, being a world champion. So we're going to celebrate all those things, but we're also um, we're also going to just really try to show the connection between Beat the Streets Philly, Penn Wrestling, Drexel Wrestling, and the PRTC. Now, all four of those organizations really are impacting the Philly community in a really positive way. And just how we're, you know, we're reaching out to the high school programs, you know, the youth programs, and even like wrestlers and business network, you know, Philly, the wrestlers and business Philly, we're starting to really connect with them. And so it's just a, just a wonderful time in Philadelphia. It's great for the Philly wrestling community. And so that's my next thing that we're really focused on. I love it. And you, you mentioned Joey and I haven't mentioned Joey too much on this podcast, but I do have a question for you, you know, success can often be hard to measure from an expectation standpoint, whether in business, whether as a coach, I'm curious when you have a guy like Joey, who's one of the best 65 kilo guys in the world, and he's right there. How do you manage those expectations on, you know, when there is success that whether, whether it's making a world team, whether it's not, but not feeling discouraged or not, because there's guys that, you know, I've said it a lot in this podcast. I won't tell the whole story, but I was never a very good wrestler, but it taught me so much that it led to success in other areas. And sometimes the success, it's very easy when we 
not we, because I didn't, but I'll say you, I guess, when you win an Olympic championship, an NCAA title, whatever it might be, it's very easy to label that a success. But when you have a guy who's right there, and, and Joey's obviously, he's not even close to done yet. But when you have a guy like that, how do you manage your expectations on what success looks like? Well, first, you don't base it all on what happens on the mat. Yeah, I think he's done really well on the mat. Clearly, he uh, he was alternate to make the Olympic team. I mean, he just lost, um, uh, you know, close best two out of three to Yanni. A lot of people, and he's not going to – he wouldn't say it to anybody, but if you're really watching that match, that second match, he tweaked his knee pretty bad halfway through it. You heard him yell out. His face turned bright red. You know, he turned down, and um, he just – you know, he wasn't clearly clicking on all cylinders sure. that match. And so, um, and I think, you know, Yanni, what you do in wrestling, you kind of smell blood in that regard, and he did. And, you know, he started picking up the intensity. And, you know, Joey didn't end up making the team. I think he was – um, his heart really hurt that night because he wanted to be, you know, one of the first PRTC guys to ever make the world team. Yep. Right. And he came up a little short that night, but he was really happy that Jordan did it. Right. And he became an amazing teammate to Jordan immediately after that supporting him. And so what I'm, where I'm going with this is that you don't base it just on what takes place on the mat. You base it on who are they becoming as a man? Who are they becoming as a leader? Are they living out our, PRTC mission? Are they living out our PRTC values? And I say for Joey, every single person that I know that ends up meeting with him, that talks to him, they'll, they'll yep. call or text me and go, man, what an outstanding man. What an outstanding leader. Like he's one of the you know greatest guys I've met in wrestling. And so I just hear so much feedback from everybody in regards to him. And then, you know, I measure it based on what does Joey want to do after wrestling? I mean, we're, we're doing our best to put him in a situation to apply to the Warden School of Business and get his MBA. So we're, we're already starting to work on that three years out. So, I mean, that's pretty amazing that a yeah. guy that great on the mats wanting to get his MBA from the Ward School of Business. So smart also kid. base that, you know, success on, on that, right? His, his goals outside of wrestling. And then I'd, I would say from the spiritual perspective, you know, Joe, he gets on a call with me on Friday mornings at 730 with all these 67 to 80-year-old guys. Jack Spates, he leads this Bible study. It's called Wrestling with the Word. You know, I see him. He's faithful. He gets on that call. I know he gets on a call every Wednesday with Kyle Snyder um, for two hours, this discipleship call he gets on. And so I see, again, how he's growing, you know, as a Christian, how he's growing, you know, in his faith. And so it's, I would say it's that, it's that holistic um, full picture, you know, Justin, it's not just whether he's getting his hand raised on the wrestling mat. It's who he's becoming as the leader and who he's becoming as a man. Yeah. And it's so important. I, you know, I can tell a lot of people listen to this podcast There's obviously a lot of coaches in the demographic, and I'm always curious of how I can bring value to people. So one of the reasons why I ask you something like that is I know how good of a guy Joey is, and I know it's not always easy, or I imagine it's not always easy as a coach. If you're just looking at on the map, you're missing out on so much. And like you just said, like, I know some of the things Joey's up to and it's awesome. You love to well, see it, you know. Well, you look at like Joey, again, he's not going to send this out to the world on Instagram or anything, but, you know, he's committed to mentoring one specific Beat the Streets Philly kid. So now he's starting to meet with that kid weekly, like pouring into his life and helping him again on and off the mat. That's just amazing, right? That Joey would take yeah. the time to mentor Beat the Streets Philly kid. And I would say to kind of maybe fully answer your question is that I, I based – the success on how, how their heart 
continues to grow. And, and you kind of referenced that heart of leadership. Yeah. And, you know, I'll just quickly kind of go through that. That heart of leadership, just real quickly, is, is to hunger for wisdom. That's the H. Yeah. E is to expect the best. A is to accept responsibility. R is to respond with courage. And T is to think of others first. So when I look at Joey and I say, is, is, he, is he doing those things? Absolutely. You know, did Jordan Burroughs, did he, he's always hungering for wisdom. Even though he's won six gold medals, he's asking questions about wrestling technique all the time. You I know, he expects that. the best when he walks on the mat. He accepts responsibility. When I looked at the last three matches, right, that he wrestled before the world team trials, he was 0-3. Lost to Chimizo, lost to Kyle Dake twice, right? He didn't make any excuses. He's like, how can I get better? So he accepted responsibility. And then clearly going to the world team trials and, and wrestling in the last part of that match with his calf and going into the world championship, he responded with courage. Yeah. And then you continue to see him think of others first. It's not just all about him. So uh, I say that you know Jordan and Joey and the rest of our guys, they continue to respond with a heart of leadership. And when I look back, I'm 46 now. And if I look back, you know, as a 70 year old, and I say that period of time with the PRTC, yeah, I want these guys to win wrestling matches. Yeah, I want them to be world Olympic champions. Of course, duh. Right. But what's going to be more valuable for, for me is to look back and go, man, those guys really, they really developed into great men, into leaders, into great husbands and fathers. And now they're really impacting the world in a positive way. That's going to mean way more to me. That's way greater to me than the amount of gold medals they have. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a great perspective. Last thing here, then I'm going to let you go. And now that the Texas Longhorns have lost, they blew another Ugh. lead. It's shocker, but it, but at least it's over. Um, th- <laughs> I, I want the name of the book one more time because I forgot it. You told me before we hop on this, the book you just got. I think it was Ryan Holiday book. Yeah, it's uh, called "The Courage Is Calling." I think I have it right here. Courage yep. is calling by Ryan Holiday. This is, uh, I haven't read it yet. I just got it. It's the fourth book that I've read of his. He has The Obstacle is the Way. And then he has, let's see some other ones. He has um, Ego is the Enemy. And then he has Stillness is the Key. Yep. And then this last at- one is Courage is Calling. So uh, just he's got great perspective on life. He does. I've caught him in a few, few interviews, and then I really like him. I, I want to... I've got the Audible membership, and I've got a couple credits waiting. So I'm going to go download those. <laughs> Any final words before I let you go here? No, I just want to. Uh, I want to say that you know Team USA really represented itself well. Yeah, uh, the men's team, you know, the, the women's team, winning seven medals, and then clearly it's great for Greco. Uh, of course, I know they wanted to win more than one, but for them to bring home a medal um, with Hancock getting the bronze. For, for all the Americans, for us to bring home 15 medals from Norway, I would just say that our, you know, our, our USA wrestling freestyle Greco programs, um, it was just a very, you know, it was a very special time over there. Yeah, it was a fun time as a fan. So it, it's so exciting knowing all the things that are coming up. We've got so many guys that like, I think it was Rich Benders that were on the cusp of the golden age where we have like all these guys that are, you know, multiple time Jaden Cox now five time world medalist you know jordan six time olympic world champ just unbelievable stuff so i'm excited i'm excited for what you got coming up in philly i might have to get to this celebration event november 20th sounds like a good time <laughs> if you can make it uh we'd love to have you i'll send you a uh i'll send you an invitation when we get off of zoom i think the last time i was in philly was when my wife and i started dating which was when 
Lauren threw Jordan's surprise birthday party years ago now, maybe three, three years ago now. So it's we're overdue to come back. So Slade, thank you so much for taking some time today. We'll talk soon. Thanks for everything. Take care, Justin. Awesome. See ya. And the beat goes on.